Oh, we all love a good Danish. The fairy tale continues for Denmark and the Italians set a new record. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Sunday, the 27th of June. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm not the Russian. <laughs> Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Sunday sabotage football ramble. Thanks to Vish being back. It's not sabotage. I've, yeah, I've, I've been, been trying to sabotage my name for mm. the last 10, 15 minutes. I've gone from Jules Bretch to Jules Screech to Jules Bleach. And I still know my name. It's yeah. Breach. He's changing it in the running order. I would, I would say that... You're any, a brave any, man. I would say anything against your name is purely your doing. <laughs> you know, last 20 years or so I um, brought you a hash brown and a coffee you did this actually you, did, you know what this was yeah. this was this was a bit of playfulness because I've missed you it's been a while since oh, we've done a show together yeah. I've missed you as well where have you been you've been a busy boy haven't you I've been to Glasgow been to Bristol I've been to Helen back not Glasgow that's alright but um, so yeah, Bristol. just been all over the place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol gets dark after a while yeah um, but no I've just been it's been good actually because I've kept abreast of of what you've been abreast. doing with your with your brekkie wrap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very very enjoyable. Yeah. I've been loving Aussie telly for the Euros. It's been great to get proper stuck into a football. Yeah, and not know the difference between Steve Irwin, Crocodile Dundee, Thank and Indiana you. Jones. Very much. <laughs> you as well, Jim. <laughs> Sorry. We should, we should really right, we should really fill everyone in, and while you could do that, we could embellish it better. So yeah. basically. There's this little segment on your Australian show. The thing they gave us home and away, we gave you Jules Breach. But basically, you have a, an Australian celebrity coming on, and it's it's voiced over by someone else in a funny Aussie accent. Not always an Australian celebrity, but yeah, I think okay. they ran out <laughs> after day thirteen. Yeah, fair news. Um, and so they did Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. You didn't know who Crocodile Dundee was. First, you thought he was Steve Irwin. <laughs> so therefore, you thought Steve Irwin was going around fighting animals and then yeah. met his match. And then you thought it was... Who did you think it was? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. So did you think Indi Very Indiana Jones was a looking. real person? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe for a split second. It's confusing. So you thought a, very similar. So you thought a, a real, real man lived to tell the tale of when he was chased by a boulder. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Right. Okay. Just to see, so we all know where we're at on this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes things get confusing, right? And yeah. I thought it's they true. were the same person, and that that's that. They dress similar. I'll also, that. when they then said Paul Hogan, I thought, well, isn't that a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> So it all just got a bit too much wow. for me. I wonder how many other people. Have, I wonder how many other people you think exist are actually four completely separate people. Probably quite a few. Oh dearie me! Anyway, should we crack on with the football? Yeah, not, instead yeah. of just you know instead of this character assassination. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, right, we're into the knockout stages. It's all exciting. It's do or die time. This is when every single match matters even more than how much they mattered in the group stage because we talked about how much they mattered in the group stage and now they it, matter even bloody more. They do. It matters so much. It's it's brutal though, isn't it? Yeah. Like you've got to know these teams and their characters and their stories and then they're just suddenly gone and it's like, no. Yeah, just like that, Wales are out. Denmark absolutely thrashed they them. They really did. 4-0, that fourth goal was just a dagger, wasn't it? Mm. Just twisting the knife. 
Yeah, yeah. Gareth Bell's reaction, which did the round yesterday, was was quite enjoyable. Um, which one? His reaction to losing or not wanting to answer questions about his future? Uh, well, no, the first one. So did you see when they were showing the referee as the fourth check for Martin Brathwaite's... Oh, sorry, as the check for the fourth goal, Martin Brathwaite's goal was going on, and you could see Bale behind the referee. He's going, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like he's stuck behind someone at the bar. Yeah. Um, the question one was interesting, though, because you've been in that position before because, you know, you've had a few times where you've been talking to someone and they've just walked away. <laughs> but, I haven't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, generally, like, you know, when, when you're pitch side, you have to ask some quite awkward questions. And so obviously he was asked about his future and walked away. I think he was asked about it because he answered it so well a couple of days before because he was quite charming. And I kind of understand it because there was a lot of talk about whether it would be his last Wales game. And I don't get that because he's 31. Mm. But also there's stuff about his future around Madrid, Spurs or whoever else. But in terms of the game itself, I thought they were brilliant for the first 20 minutes. They were absolutely all over them, Wales. They, you know, Ramsey and Bale, were. there was a great stat that came out just before about how the pair with, who've created the most chances in the last two European championships are Bale and Ramsey, ahead of Lukaku and De Bruyne. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's remarkable. And then they they were it looked like they were completely running things. You know, Bale had that side up, Ramsey had that shot that hit Gareth Bale, and you kind of thought, wow, they're they're properly on it. This is this sometimes you know, I'm guilty of this where we patronize a team like Wales and we're like, they're all heart and vigour and valleys yeah, yeah. and you know, whatever singing. they drink over there and sing, they love singing, yeah. Those big yellow daffodils and stuff like that. Tom Jones. Tom Jones, yeah. Um the one who Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah. Alan Wynn Jones, yeah, Rarebit, just Jones, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but they were properly all over Denmark, and Denmark looked a little rattled as well. And then with that one tactical change, when Andres Christensen was told to basically be Aaron Ramsey's shadow, and the yeah. game completely switched. Yeah, it was amazing how much they switched it as well. But again, it was a moment of quality, wasn't it, from Casper Dolberg, who, just to be clear, Jules is not the friendly. Ghost cartoon. <laughs> Thank um, you for pointing that out. Um, but what, what a finish that was as well. Like, that was absolutely beautiful. The way it rolled across the bottom of the net. You love it when when you get a little roller like that mm. and it was rising the whole way. But yeah, that, that sort of little pass that split the line was yeah. um, obviously still got a hell of a lot to do from there. But after that, it just seemed to just flatten them, didn't it? And Denmark just really, really took hold and I was just really impressed by how clinical they were actually. And I think, you know, they've said that the situation with Christian Eriksen has, has, has given them wings, I think was with the exact quotes, but um, it really, really seems to be the case because you look at the way they celebrated that fourth goal after VAR had, had sort of questioned it. It was like, it was like they'd got a last minute winner and you, you can see that the, the emotion, that every positive thing that happens to this Denmark team is charged with such emotion that I don't, don't, don't think anyone else can really compare to that. And it's quite a formidable thing. What what do you think that's down to? I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I, th I think um, Kate mentioned it. You know when Ericsson, when the Ericsson incident in the Finland game happened, and she mentioned how like we all switch on to football for like a bit of a release. So when something like that happens, it's it, it's that bit more impactful, I suppose. And you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like it's hard not to build that up because you know I was writing a second piece from the game and I was like am I just hamming this up am I talking about it just because that's what we all assume we all assume it's driving the whole thing but really like how could it not yeah like you know one of your one of your mates someone you've grown up with even for the Wales players you kind of or any footballer watching at whatever level you play when you walk onto a pitch I suppose you have the expectation that you'll walk off it you mm. know and 
So yeah, it did really feel profound. And I think, it, as you say, it was with that fourth goal, the delayed celebration, where it, was a, it felt like a proper release. Yeah, massively. And also, I think, as well as everything you've just said, they looked like they were going out very, very comprehensively. After they lost to Belgium, you're like, yeah. oh, this is such a shame. These circumstances have been too, too insurmountable because they've got a difficult group as it is with difficult circumstances. And yet they've come through it and they've just woken up and they are... They're so much better than the sum of their parts as well. They just, they, they, I mean, part of it was obviously due to what Wales, you know, kind of um, just running out of steam a little bit. And obviously Harry Wilson getting sent off made a big impact on them getting a fourth. But they, they really do just look pretty free-flowing and, and, and confident. Yeah, I think defensively, Wales probably didn't help themselves in the game either, did they? Because some of the defending for the Denmark goals was, was pretty poor. Yeah. But... I completely agree with you guys. I think that the momentum that's kind of taken them from the group stages into the into the knockouts now could potentially get them all the way to the final because you look at their next game as well. They face either the Netherlands or Czech Republic. I'd say probably, well, I mean, look, you can't really predict anything in a tournament, but that's actually quite a kind draw considering who yeah. they could have faced. Especially because the Netherlands have a lot of defensive issues yeah. I think, and we're all a little bit suspect of that. Exactly, but I think that as you mentioned, for, for everything that's happened to them, it's in those times that you you always hear that, you know, a team really comes together, they really pull together and that spirit has sort of carried them through. But after losing their first two games in the group stages and being on zero points going into the final match of the group stages, I don't think anyone really thought they'd give them a good chance yeah. of going this far now, yet here they are in the quarterfinals. So... I mean, credit to them and the fact that they've all been able to pull together through what was just the worst start to the tournament. Mm. And the, their fans have been incredible. And I think that that's also another big part of it is, um, you know, England have had that benefit as well of playing all their games at Wembley so far. And it's been similar for Denmark. They've had their home fans there to support them, yeah. which, as you mentioned, Gareth Bell didn't seem too happy about either. But that that's that's obviously a huge part. I mean... Some people are saying, is it fair on some of the teams? that is there a level playing field in the tournament? I don't think there is, is there? I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's it's going to be an advantage. I think that's part one of the quirks of doing it this way. But I guess, you know, you just... But it's an advantage just not just for one nation. It, I mean, it's yeah. an advantage for several of them, I exactly. suppose. There's... Yeah, and you could look at what Wales have done and realise it's a disadvantage for them categorically. Because I think we've got it written here in the running order. What... So they travelled from Baku to Rome to Amsterdam. Oh, that's almost 6,000 miles. And like I know they travel in luxury or whatever, but like still. you know, it's it's still you know it's exhausting, it isn't it? Yeah, toll. Yeah, and also it's the climate as well. The climate change from Baku is, but I mean, I was there for Europa League final a couple of years ago, and it is so humid and so boiling. And I guess maybe changing those climates for different games in the tournament might also be quite difficult for a team. Yeah, I don't know really. I, I'd imagine so. All of these little things make a difference, don't they? But yeah, I mean, the amount of six thousand miles is. Even though obviously most of it's on a plane, it's an absurd amount of, of travel, and yeah. just like yeah, just that, that cannot be good for your for your preparation. You simply you simply don't have as much time or, or, or as much kind of time to just relax and get and get focused. Really, yeah. yeah. The Denmark had all of the time to focus, and, and Wales have had all the, a lot of that disrupted. But that that said, I mean, it was a it was a fantastic performance from Denmark. A bit of a bit of a message, I think, to the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the the other thing about the Wales factor was the fact was that you know they couldn't have fans come over, so there were yeah. a few pockets of whoever was, I suppose, local, I suppose. But Denmark generally had their run of um, their run of Amsterdam, which is also going to play a part in it. Yeah. Um, 
the Wales thing though, the thing I I found interesting. You mentioned it there with the defensive frailties. Like Necker Williams comes on and essentially gives away that second goal. There's quite an interesting dynamic within the Wales side because I think some people you could you could look at that squad and think, well, you know, a few championship players, they're always going to be up against it. And I, I'm I'm not pinning blame on Necker Williams specifically, of course, because you know there were four goals. Um, but it does. It I thought that moment showed the difference between having someone who plays intermittently in the Premier League and someone who plays regularly in the mm. championships. Because mm. Conor Roberts was was very good and, you know, he was fulfilling his role very well. And you look at the rest of that team and Wales had the best two players on the pitch, probably. And everyone else was, basically knew their role and it was so clearly drilled in, in what they did. And when it got picked apart at the seams, you were like, shit, like, you realise like one bit, one bit falls and then suddenly everything goes the other way because suddenly they had to abandon this whatever strategy they had to really just actually just flow forward in whatever way they could yeah and the, I think the Wilson red card I always think those kind of t- uh, tackles are cowardly anyway and, and Luke made a good point in the um, WhatsApp group yesterday that it might not look like a red card but the referee's got a few other card you know he, he's got a few other bits of the rules to go into that he can justify that being a red card. Yeah. But it really did speak of, they just completely lost their heads. Absolutely. It? It, just, it was purely emotional and frustration and quite immature as well. Like you, yeah. you're not gaining anything by that other than just a bit of release of your own frustration, which is, which is really silly. And understandable, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've done shit like that. Yeah. Have you? So, Go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I get into really bad habits where like, I'm driving and like someone cuts me off and I like punch my own car. <laughs> Honestly, like the side... Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say I deliberately ram into them or something. Like... <laughs> no, but you know when you try to contain your rage yeah. and you just like lash out things. I've like punched laptops before. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like yeah, chucking, really a, chucking a, you know, games controller or a TV sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I smashed my mum's coffee table once. What? 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 But... This is a new vision. Yeah, right. Sounds then, like you're channeling is, your inner me. This is the thing. This is the thing. So I think I was like playing FIFA online. I was just like just livid with whatever I was, whatever this twelve-year-old in the US was doing to me, and I <laughs> punched my uh, my coffee table, my glass coffee table, and it cracked on the side. Oh no! And I I tried to hide it from my mum by basically arranging all the coasters. Oh, they in, always like, quite find a neat it. Way. They yeah. always find it. Yeah, she knew. She probably heard it from upstairs. To be fair, I thought you'd like smashed it to pieces no I, I get I have because if I don't have that Harry Wilson release then I, I tend to be quite self-destructive really it's only the things that I have yeah it's really bad wow wow <laughs> we're gonna have to get you a punch bag I feel like this studio. is like Sunday therapy for this yeah, it feels like it all out. out. <laughs> I, was told, I was told I was coming to confession <laughs> um, what do we make of Wales now they're out of the, they're out of the Euros um, do you feel like they exceeded expectations or do you feel like this is sort of where you expected them to get to because we all have to remember that what happened in 2016 with Wales that was them exceeding expectations yeah so very coming much into so. this tournament where did you expect them to get to and and um, kind of what next for them I sort of I, I worried a little bit of about whether they get out of the group or not but then I remembered it was quite hard to not get out of the group and thought oh they'll probably be okay and so it proved but they were brilliant in the group stages they made a lot of good memories there I think and their fans have been exceptional and I think you know Robert Page was never supposed to be taking charge of this team yeah, and, exactly. and and that adds a layer of 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 impressiveness to the achievements that they, they've had so I think they've done really well obviously you know going, going out 4-0 is not what, what anyone wants because <sighs> If you, do, harsh, if you don't, it? it does feel harsh. And the nature of knockout football means if you don't go out heroically, 
it feels like such a damp squib. It feels like it's just it becomes something you don't really talk about for, for generations to come. If you do go out heroically, then it's it becomes part of legend. But um, I think they've done incredibly well into getting into getting into that situation in the first place. Also, the World Cup is eighteen months away. Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey will almost certainly still be there. You would think, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of these players will be a lot more experienced by then. And it is something to build on. Obviously. World Cup is 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 different, and it, it getting there is going to be complicated. Um, but they have absolutely got what they need to do it, and I, I think this is this is a a good a good step for Wales. I think there was a sense after Euro twenty sixteen we were like, oh, it might never get this good again. You know, are they are they even going to get to another tournament potentially? And and then obviously they've had this generation that have, that have managed to keep keep doing that. Um, and yeah, I just I just think it's a really when the dust settles, they should be very, very happy and and, and proud of of how how brilliant they've been in the tournament and and how much they've lit it up. I, I don't know if you kind of put much stock in how your team has 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 been enjoyable for neutrals, but Wales have been brilliant on that mm. front. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, uh, Denmark are the first quarter finalists. Italy are the others. We'll talk about their victory over Austria after this. From this man, Casper Dober, COVID twice, appendicitis, a teammate stole his watch that was worth $85,000. And yet, his first start in this tournament, he delivers a wonderful goal. That's amazing. I like yeah. the idea that like afterward, or like he takes his shirt COVID off. COVID twice, appendicitis. Someone stole his watch. <laughs> I like the idea that like he takes his shirt off after the second goal, and it's just got a picture of a watch on it. <laughs> I did it for the watch. Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's Jules, Vish, and Jim here with you this Sunday, and now it's time for this. It's Kate, Jules, Jim or Vish, Marcus, Luke or Pete the Tit. And he might just read up one in show at footballramble.com. Email show at footballramble.com. Sven. <laughs> Pete the Tit gets me every yeah, time. It's brilliant. <laughs> so unnecessary. It's like he knows him. Um, <laughs> Ross Lang has been in touch. Hello, Ross. Yeah, so uh, he says simply, there is a, the possibility that I'm about to come across as a hipster wank here, uh, <laughs> but I'm willing to take that risk when it comes to standing up for what I believe in. I take umbrage at the comparisons between Newton Faulkner and Ed Sheeran on Friday's show. Faulkner is an outstanding musician, plays guitar to an exceptionally high level, has a strong vocal range and takes ownership of his production <laughs> process to ensure his music matches his vision. <laughs> Sheeran is a gourmet busker. Oh. The most important distinction, though, is reach and exposure. The reason I hate Ed Sheeran so much is that he's a vapid, empty vessel of a man who has never had an authentic feeling in his life. His music resonates with the gatekeepers of culture, editors, TV producers, etc., who all come from the same three universities with the exact same upbringing as they can, of course, relate to being a vapid white boy with nothing to say but still desperate for attention. <laughs> Thus, premium wank stain Ed Sheeran will forever be in the public eye, elevated so high above his skill level that he'd make Elvaro Morata blush. <laughs> Oh, not mincing your words there, no. Ross. I think someone went to school with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. So Con- he stole his watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial yeah. opinion, isn't it? Hating on Ed Sheeran, Ross. I, Wonder I, what you think of Coldplay. Do you not like them as well? 
I quite like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of nothing him. It's Why fine, does everyone yeah. hate Ed Sheeran? It's because he's, he's just sort of bland, of isn't he? He just sort of sits in the. He's just there in the coffee coffee shop like soundtracks. He's just in the gaps where you're not in control of the music. Wherever you're not in control of music, Ed fucking Sheeran's there because he finds something to fit in that space. He's that kind of. He's in that Venn diagram circle with Corden, I think. I think people think they should hate him. And I, th- I think some people do legitimately, legitimately hate them. But I think a lot of people who say they hate them don't really know why. Yeah, it's just the, the, the default position is to like, show that you have taste by showing that you don't like something that is considered to be in bad taste. Yes, yeah, that was, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's in the way that, like, you know, the first time you started drinking, you're like, oh, no, I drink Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I've always, yeah, since I was 12. Love the stuff. Yeah. What's the year? Oh, good year that. Yeah, did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vintage. Yeah, uh, but you know, just like the music you like, and don't worry about it. Exactly. I love Backstreet Boys, and I'm not ashamed. Damn right. Yeah. To be fair, there's a lot of stuff you need to be ashamed about. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, show at footballramble.com. Send in your emails, or of course, tweet us at footballramble. Right. Last night, Italy beat Austria two-one after extra time. Italy have. Con- I mean, I I did think at one point. When that goal went in from Arnautovic, I thought, oh yeah. my God, we're going to see a shock on our hands here. But Italy carried on. They've set a new national record for consecutive unbeaten games. That is 31. And their record also for wins in a row. That's 12 wins in a row for them now. The numbers have been incredible. It had been over a thousand and something minutes until they'd conceded a goal. Um, I think it's been over 24 hours now since they've gone behind in a game. That record actually yes. still stands because, of course, they went ahead before yeah. Austria actually That's scored. It, like their, their records and their numbers have been so impressive, but also they have been so fun to watch. They've been so good to watch. And I think yesterday, obviously, to, to have for Austria to take it to extra time, they deserve huge credit for that. But I do think that for Italy, they they just looked slightly off it in yeah. the final third. Normal time was was a bit drab, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't what we've seen from them. I, w- I wondered if being away from Rome had more of an effect than perhaps they were ready for, because I felt like they were struggling to click and get going a little bit. But the game itself, or the the normal time, of the game itself was was quite drab. But extra time just so came to good, life, wasn't it was it? absolutely brilliant. Something about knackered footballers is for some reason more entertaining than like really, really <laughs> fresh footballers. <laughs> There's a lesson there, maybe. That's very Nero of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, My colleague in the Independent, Miguel Delaney, put it that um, Italy were probably like less dominant and you probably look at them and think they were, you know, not as as great going forward as we thought. But by being less great going forward and winning the game, they're somehow more convincing as a prospect of winning the Mm, whole thing because it showed they had another way of doing things. Exactly. They were up against it for the first time. And they, they just came through it. It'd be interesting to see what happens if they concede first in a game. Yeah. What is it about that theory of, well, you can't go a whole tournament and be great in every game. Why not? Yeah. Why can't you? I, th- I, yeah, I, I thought th- Italy were going to be that team that were just going to be amazing until the final and then hopefully lose to England then. I suppose like it's just quite tiring, isn't it? Yeah. I, think, I guess Brazil 1970 would be the, would, would be the, the argument that you can, time, that you can do that. But like, you know, they, they were known as like the 
World Cup team, Jairzinho scored in every game. Like they were, they just lit it up and were apparently brilliant from start to finish. So it's been done. Yeah, you say that there is a, there is. A th- I hope it still exists. Um, but there is a video someone cut together of the 1970s Brazil team being rubbish, and it's great. It's just like miscontrolled passes, Amazing. shots going like well over the bar. I thought like I thought Austria were going to do a number on them. I, I really when Arnautovic scored. I was like, it was I, I enjoyed proper, it. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's, Absolute villainy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's such a like, I don't know, he's like a Tesco value Ibrahimovic. Totally. Isn't he? <laughs> but also, he does that thing of being that sort of arrogant player where he'll score a goal like that. And in the moment he scored, he thinks he scored. It's like, what was it? Like the 80th minute, something like that, quite late on. He he looks like he's just done this impossible thing, no one expected. And his reaction that he's really pissed off. Yes. Like you doubted he could do it, yeah, or that he didn't do it sooner. He's like he's angry he's at, just, the, at the highlight of his career. He's just a proper shit houser, isn't he? Massively. I, yeah. I interviewed him once, and um, it was for FPL for Fantasy Premier League, and he asked me who I supported before the interview. So I said, oh, "I'm a Brighton fan." Blah blah blah. In the interview, I said to him, um, "So, would you advise people to captain you this season and when?" And he went, "You captain me when we play Brighton." And I thought you <laughs> shit Alza. He looked me dead in the eye and said it. And I was like, I kind of respect that. Yeah. Wow. I did as well. And did he score? I can't remember. I don't think he did. Ah. But I did. And it was ages into the season as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's got that thing where he's like, oh, everyone doubts me. It's like, no, because you just act like a prick. Yeah, you're making us doubt you. Yeah. You're making us want you to fail. That's yeah. not the same. No one doubts you. Everything. Everyone thinks you're a very good footballer. People just don't want to be near you. <laughs> but I was, I actually still quite loved when he scored, even though it was oh, no, outside. No, no, like, no, yeah. like, oh, like, I don't have to hang out with him. So I love that. <laughs> exactly. I love all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, offside. They, they're so organised, aren't they, mm. Austria? They were really... It, I, I feel like... I feel weird talking about them in the present tense, like they don't exist anymore. They were so organised. They're gone now. Yeah. Bye, Austria. Aww. So brutal. Um, but yeah, it um, it was tough for Italy. And I, I was so impressed by Austria. And I actually thought, I felt like they might even go on and nick it in extra time. Yeah, because I they, they, would. they looked like they had the slight edge going in. But you always think this sort of experience of Italy and the canniness is, is going to pay off. And so it did. I thought this had a different rhythm to the games we've had so far in that like... Austria were clearly testing the waters a bit and then they really, you could actually see them grow into the second half. Mm. And I suppose maybe you get that a bit more with knockout stages where if you are the weaker of the two teams, you, you're going to be a bit more reserved starting out. And then, yeah, just the way they kept going and even like going into extra time. At 2-0, I thought it was done. Yeah. How often do you see that many goals in extra time? I know. Way? I think that as well, when you, are go, when you go into a game against one of the tournament favourites for Austria and against a team who haven't conceded in as long as they have, there's got to be a slightly different mentality to it, doesn't there? And I yeah, think that there, yeah. there will be moments in the game where maybe they got to, say, around the 60th minute and it's still nil-nil and they're probably, they probably got a bit of a boost from that. But in terms of the striker's mentality going up against a defence that haven't conceded in so long, you probably feel like every single opportunity you get is the only one you're going to get, yeah. if yeah. that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. which must be really tough for the players because... They know they're not going to get many chances against Italy. Yeah, yeah. So like, when the goal's disallowed, you're like, shit. Even that was even as a neutral, yeah. like, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah. Yeah. It that just deflates you, doesn't it? And I, I felt like that happened a bit to Arnautovic as well. You mm. sense that he he you know he kind of wasn't the same afterwards. I was, I was surprised he was brought off. Actually, surely he's always a threat. Although the man who replaced him, my God, what a goal! Oh, 
incredible. <laughs> uh, didn't he say, my head has never been that close to the floor? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was incredible how he snuck it in. He got in front of his man, near post, how he finds that gap. That's it's like the only place he could have scored. Exactly. And it's like, that. that is what it takes to yeah. beat Donnarumma, which is sort <laughs> yeah. of terrifying for, for everybody else because he made an incredible save in extra time as well. He did like, say, he had his moment. Yeah, he did say as well, Donnarumma, is that in a way, maybe it might benefit Italy that they've conceded now. Yeah. Because that kind of, that, yeah, that yeah. whole thing hanging over them of you've not conceded and these records keep carrying on mm. may have been adding some kind of subconscious pressure. Yeah, I guess if because if you go 1-0 down and, and you've also lost this record, it's two things that start mm. that make you doubt yourself, but, but but it's gone now. So, I mean, they've got either Belgium or Portugal next. Oof. And that that has got huge ding-dong potential, it whichever really way does. it goes. It really yeah. does. In terms of the, the goals for Italy, though, two substitutes scoring an extra time. Well, the fact that two substitutes scored reminded me of a tweet that Nicky Bandini sent out a couple of weeks ago. And it was when Sirigu was brought on in that last group game to get, you know, his, like, appearance at, at the death. And uh, she wrote, Mancini even, even sending out Sirigu on for a few minutes in goal. His approach with this squad speaks to his own regrets as a as a footballer. He went to the 1990 World Cup and didn't play and says it's still his greatest regret that he never got to play in a World Cup. And I wonder... And, oh, sorry, and, uh, sorry, the point she's making is that he's brought this squad with him and he's like, everyone's going to get a piece mm. of this, mm-hmm. no matter what. So obviously bringing the goalkeeper on. Yeah. And that's clearly bred to this mentality where everyone's ready. Yeah. So he brings on two substitutes. They obviously score. He doesn't start Locatelli. And, and in hindsight, maybe that was a little bit of a mistake. But obviously trust Barella, Barella enough to come in and, and, and do that job. Um, yeah, Piscina comes on and, and gets the second. And it really does feel like... And celebrated like a dead fish, which I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that smoke of like, I don't have the energy to slide on my front anymore. <laughs> yeah. he, I was thinking it. he's got grass burn on his face now. Yeah. You know, that would have hurt, I think. Wembley's quite slick though, isn't it? You reckon? So I've at the worst, at the worst, you're getting a bit exfoliated, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm always astonished by how far footballers can slide, be that on their knees or their bellies or anything. I've tried like, it on confetti on a wooden floor, and I fully grazed my knees. They're wedding quite different surfaces, <laughs> no, though, aren't they? New Year's Eve party. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I went for it. I actually screamed knockout and slid on both knees, and then was like, "Shit, I'm bleeding." <laughs> <laughs> bleeding all over the Literally confetti. Bleeding. That must have looked absolutely <laughs> horrific. Yes, it is. So, a bit of murder in here. Two yeah. years ago. Still got the scars. <laughs> no, I don't really. What was the song playing? I don't remember. I was too pissed. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine, imagine. So, what was it? B, uh, BT Sport Christmas party or New yeah, Year's Eve party? Yeah, it was my New Year's Eve party. Oh, in your flat? Yeah. Imagine the scene the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> Just blood. And blood confetti. and mushed up confetti all over yeah. the place. Yeah, that's my it life. Happens. It happens. Nearly ended up in hospital, Jim. Well, there See? you go. It happens See? so easily, happens. Bish. Why aren't you in hospital more often? You're not living. Because I break my own things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the Italian's fashion because Mancini just continues to look wonderful, doesn't he? His suit designed by Giorgio Armani, yeah. of course. And um, it's now been announced, get this, that the Napoli kit, are, well, Napoli are dropping Kappa as their kit sponsor, and they're having it designed by Armani instead. I mean, can you get any more suave? It's beautiful. Isn't it? I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. I like love it's this. It just it, the, obviously Italian fashion is known throughout the world, and Italian football is known throughout the world. Why has it taken this long for Armani to be making kits? I'm a little bit concerned because they've got quite a um, a range of heights in their squad. So like Insignia might end up looking like odd job. 
So I've really got to be like careful with it. Can't no it'll pinstripes. It'll all be tailored. Yeah. Be no, the tailored is fine, but I just want to about the design. It's got to be pinstriped. Also, if your kit is being designed by Armani, then it's going to be like, tailored to high heaven. So if you sign for Napoli, you've got to think, shit, okay, I'm coming off the summer. I'm going to have the summer off. Oh, yeah, you've got to, you've yeah. got to lose your weight. No, no carbs doors. before Serie A, no yeah. Carbs <laughs> shit, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something to consider. Oh, they're going to look good though, aren't they? Um, right, well, for Italy, up next, as you mentioned, it's going to be either Belgium or Portugal. That's one of the games tonight, along with Netherlands against the Czech Republic. Um, let's talk a little bit about Belgium because I think they've been also one of the standout teams of the tournament so far. I suppose as have Portugal. So this yeah. game's going to be mouthwatering. Two of the highest scorers so far and Lukaku and Ronaldo up against each other. There should be goals in the game, but I still don't even think we've seen the best of Belgium. No, um, I think there's a, also we've seen weird sides of Portugal in that they were so kind of weird. I mean, weird is the word against Germany. That was not what you expected and not what we saw in the games either side. But yeah, I think Belgium are growing into it, aren't they? We're at a point now where Belgium have been backed to win like tournaments for so long that if they actually do win it, It'd be a bit boring. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd be a bit bit of an underwhelming win it, even though they've never won it before, and they're full of some of the best, mm. most entertaining players in the world. It's a strange thing, but yeah, I think this this has potential for fireworks, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it is both these teams are desperate to win it, like absolutely yeah. desperate to win it. Because Belgium, there's a, there's a sense of now or never, as somehow always is. Pinaldo yeah. obviously wants to get his last <laughs> tournament and like, you know, the, the, the burning desires of Pinaldo cannot be um, cannot be understated. And if you're in his team, you simply have to go along with that or pay the consequences. So this could be amazing, which means it will be a nil-nil and go to extra time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm a bit dismayed that these two teams are meeting so soon. I know, but I I'm thought also, that. But I'm also a bit like, no, no, give me my Sunday night here. Yeah. Give me the tea. That yeah. side of the draw is incredible, isn't it? It's yeah. tasty every single game. Um. Yaya Torre wrote a piece about the importance of bums in The Athletic this week. And I'm so glad you're here, Jim, for me to tell you this. Because of Eden Hazard's backside, Yaya Torre said it has almost become a joke how big his bum is. But it's very important to how he plays football. When the ball arrives, Hazard feels the opponent and uses his butt at the last moment to block him. It pushes him back like a punch. Yeah, he, the full Punching quote from that. With his ass. The full full quote from that was it pushes him back like a punch. He's got dumps like a truck, truck, truck. <laughs> and yeah, it's true. It's it's an incredible ass. Um, it's an incredible thing to write. I, I, the Athletic are really coming into their own here, doing a deep dive on bums. Like this is what we've wanted from them the whole time. So that's worth worth your subs. That oh, 100 percent. How many words is that that article? Fifteen thousand, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's worth noting. Like a novella is between ten thousand and forty thousand words and sometimes athletic articles go over that which is amazing ridiculous I mean like we talk about you know we've talked about music before and I think one of the things you realise is that the classics always hold up don't they and so Mix-a-Lot was on this from the start (laughs) (laughs) really the ultimate like back to goal players that's all he cared about that was what he was on about yeah it's a good is it a good bum Hazards out of ten. It's a shelf, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. generally the rule. Yeah, absolutely. It's but got the, an but, engine in it. But the, but so like the the, the Torre thing is interesting because like there was a lot of talk about how we I suppose it, it's kind of different for for different people in terms of like how they develop their younger players. But obviously, like man on in England is such a big call of like <laughs> shit. Things are about to go down. Yeah. Whereas th- that phrase elsewhere is more kind of 
be alert. Yeah. Like someone is going to come close to you. So like you use your body to like mm-hmm. turn them or like hold up the ball. You can't laugh at use your body. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, I suppose this is a good example of that because like Grealish is one of those kind of players. Good ass. Um, yeah. Who else in England seems got a good ass? I'm trying to think. Phillips, good ass. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane is quite hunched over, isn't he? And perhaps that's because he's getting his bum out ready. The hunch ass of Harry contact. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> But the, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a lot in it. And, and I think this is something that's revealing its, itself to us now, certainly in the Instagram age where we might focus on bums a bit more. Mm. But I think this has always been a thing. I would really like to see Eden Hazard score a goal with his, with his shelf. Yeah. It would be good. Well, like sit it on there and run with it. Like, like you a know train. When, you know like a when, volley? No, you know when like the ball... No, like a rugby player, just carry it on the ball, there. Like, run when the ball is, like the, the goalkeeper's off. He's not, he's not on his line. Yeah. And the ball's through and he's got all the time in the world and he just decides, you know what? I'm going to sit on the floor and I'm just going to... going to roll it in. Yeah. Lay it like an egg. Tap it in. <laughs> just tap it into the goal. <laughs> just to complete it. Completed football. Scored in my ass. Yeah. There you go. We all want that. Yeah. Well, let's hope it happens. Let's hope it happens and they cut immediately to Pinaldo's face. <laughs> how, would you uh, me- how would you measure that on XG? Oh, well, if Hazard's on the pitch. Ex-junk. Netherlands, Czech Republic, five o'clock kickoff. Belgium, Portugal is the late one. We can't wait for them. Uh, Jim, you're going to be back tomorrow to talk through those games along with Pete. Pete the tit and Marcus. Um, so enjoy that. Fish, it's been lovely to see you and be reunited. It has been, yeah. Hardest working woman in football. I try. (laughs) I'll try and get people's people right people's names right next time <laughs> try and get anything, people's people I'll try, right I'll try yeah, and get I'll try well, and know who it? people are Any, <laughs> anything, that, anything that keeps you off the street <laughs> uh, great to see you boys thanks for listening guys we'll catch you tomorrow the football ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast creator network 